On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald. O'Driscoll. Morgan. Extra man is Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, it's lovely to be joined by you in the studio. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm flattered. Thanks for coming, mate. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, the, the long walk from the third floor down to the second floor. Mm. Um, it's a funny situation. We, you know, all the rugby's seemingly finished, but yet we go into this weekend, and there's so much to the play for this summer. I'm really excited. Yeah, as am I. Like, I think you know, it was the last time I think we won a tour down Australia, about '79, I think mm, it is. Exactly. So, um, you've done your research. No, I just remember it because... Um, <laughs> no, I haven't done any research. No, well, I haven't done it on, on, on that. Um, but I think Paul McNaughton, I remember, I think, was, was our uh, team manager mm. um, in the Decky days. And I think he was on that tour in 79. Uh, so I always kind of remember that. It stuck out. Um, yeah, so it's a big challenge. I mean, I, I mean, they haven't been any great shakes in a while. Uh, but they usually get the time right around World Cup. So we're coming into a World Cup year. And I think um, they'll get a bit more serious about things. I think they'll try and... You know, there probably be a few names we don't know, or don't know that well. Um, and I think there'll be a bit, a bit of an unknown quantity, but they'll get better throughout the year. They always do. And Michael Check is a serious man for getting the best out of his teams. So um, it'll be a really big challenge, I think. I'd be pretty surprised if Ireland didn't win the series. I'd be very actually sorry. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, but like it's still it's a different brand of rugby down there. Uh, even though it's winter, it's, it's you know the weather should still be very very good, and the the pitches will be really quick. It's it's. It's a big transition. Uh, I think you know one thing that is in our advantage is, uh, is to our advantage in terms of going down there and and the playing style is that the rugby has actually been like the conditions have been relatively good to my memory uh, for the last month or two. That's not always the case. Uh, so I think we've actually been playing in good conditions and playing fairly good brands of rugby as well. Um, so hopefully we'll be you know we'll, we'll last the pace well and we should be able to play the conditions well. Uh, which isn't always the case going down there. So that, I think that is to our advantage. But, and off the back of that, you'd think, given Ireland's uh, success, and they brought they, we brought down a very strong team, uh, a settled team, um, a coach going great, a coaching staff that know the strengths of the team, know how to get to, we you know get to the weak points of the opposition better than any coaching staff I can see. Um, you know because we're really punching above our weight. I think in terms of playing numbers at the moment. So. Um, yeah, no, I think we're in a really good place to 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 really have a good go win the win the uh, series. One man who might be uh, given a bit of responsibility, maybe in the second test, perhaps might be given a start is Joey Carberry. Obviously, that move to Munster was announced. Pretty sure after our last podcast, 
If we talked about it last week, you can skip this, but I'm pretty sure we didn't. Uh, your thoughts on that move? Well, I think it's a good move. I think if if Blaindell's, um neck surgery goes well, um, I, I think uh, I have a weird feeling um, that I think Joey will be replacing the man we're going to be talking to tonight's position uh, in that Munster team. Uh, that'll be my view, and I think they'll be trying to get all their best players on the pitch. Uh, regardless, I think he'll end up playing more rugby, so it's a good move for just, him. Just for listeners, we'll be joined in just a minute by Simon Zebo. So you think they're actually going to pick him at fullback, which would be surely... Like we'd be back in a circle, we'd be around in circles there. Like that would be a that wouldn't we really wouldn't be for him from his perspective. Either way, he'll be in that team. Yeah, but he, surely he's going to be. Oh, he is. That's what he's. That's what he's been told. Yeah, but you don't think I it... have a very cynical view of the world. Yeah. I I understand the rugby scene behind closed doors. Yeah. It looks very very different to what it looks on the outside. Um, if I was picking that team and Blaindell's fit, I'm picking him at ten. And I'm picking Joey at 15. Mm. Joey mightn't have... That probably isn't what was said to Joey. Yeah. But... So basically, they'd say whatever they had to to get him down there. Correct. <laughs> Would you not? Yeah, no, I can... I, I know can. it's not. it doesn't sound very honourable, but that's the way the rugby world works. Well, well, uh, behind well, closed doors. That's just, exactly me. why the, the move I thought originally did make sense, is that you had the luxury of potentially moving him to 15 if need be, because you're obviously losing such a great attacking talent in Simon Zebo, but it's just the furore now about... The game time at ten, and now like I'm actually. What did you make of Joe Schmidt's comment saying that he? <laughs> it's just I just don't think they're correct. <laughs> Disingenuous. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. I just think, I, I, I exactly what I said earlier. I don't think that's correct. Okay. I just think like he hundred percent like come on like let's like. It comes across as like bad. Uh, I don't know some kind of ill will towards him whenever I say these things but it's just not the case like come <laughs> on please like pull like don't let him pull the wool over your eyes it's not true like it's not it's like well I think everyone treated it with a healthy dose of scepticism well, when he like, said it yeah, please, yeah I think the people in the media did but I just hope people like he's so beloved out there because mm. he's such a brilliant coach mm. that you know everything he says is pretty much like oh but like if Joe, you know, he Joe said it he, yeah it's like the guy wants to get the best out of like for the Irish team mm. like that's his sole concern like, think of how the treatment of Matt O'Connor, like, think of, like, that guy was, like, players weren't, like, he, he was really under the pump and they didn't let him play certain players, you know, like, this kind of stuff. Like, so that, that end, that's, like, and then he goes, has a public spat with him. And, you know, Matt says something publicly, like, which, as you saw, what happens, you just don't take on Joe and <laughs> Irish rugby, you just don't do it. Um, he's off. And Leo Cullen, like, we couldn't get a coach at the time because mm. everyone was like, well, I'm not taking that job because, as you can see from, like, who are you going to call if you're taking a job after in, in Leinster? the guy who just left you're going to say and he couldn't be a nicer guy so he's definitely going to take the call and say listen yeah you know great place nice place to live good club but you're not going to pick the team you want to pick like so that's what happened there and mm. like I don't see how this would be any different he's just going to tell Leo like look Leo uh, look at the end of the day Joey has to make the decision but I'm just going to be like you know we want him here it was a lot and of pressure to put on Joey wasn't it well I'd say like Joey there's no way Joey's having sleepless nights because someone has suggested that <laughs> might be a good move someone said listen we think you should go here you know it'll benefit your national career if not you know we're going to have to look elsewhere for that 10 berth because we need someone who's going to be playing week in week out a very reasonable position to take on yeah. it and also a sensible one from his perspective yeah. so like I think like you said there's you know enough scepticism regarding his remarks I would say well and truly 
earned. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. would, would you agree? I would 100% you, agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that, was that your thoughts on it? Oh, it was. Like, you know, but like, he might have technically been correct in what he was saying in that, well, I never said he should join Munster. But if he's saying, you know, <laughs> if he's inferring or, or saying, oh, I really think he might be better off getting more game time at a number 10, that's saying it without <laughs> saying it. So if you're a 22 year old, or yeah. what is Joe? He's 22. 22, yeah, yeah. If you're a 22 year old and the national coach is sitting you down in the coffee shop, I, I know that spot where he's sitting. Anyway, I, I know exactly where it is. He goes to the same spot all the time for his meetings. And uh, <laughs> Were you ever given a meeting? I have. I got a, I, my only experience there was a good one. Okay. Uh, it was after the World Cup. Uh, all my stats were, were really good, so it was great. I knew that already. I just said, like, why didn't you pick me? You know. <laughs> but uh, leaving that aside, leaving the old gripes aside, like Joey's 22 and he's mm. going to say to him, well, look, there'll be a lot of suggestive remarks, I would think, in the non-pitch mm. in bunny years non-pitch like 100% he's going to say well it's going to be hard for you getting the team if you're not playing week in week out mm. Joey says oh that'll be alarm bells like yeah. 100% because he's getting in there at the moment and he's been playing well and he's had the chance so um, it's a good move for Joey it is a good move regardless Munster's a really good place can't wait for the first Leinster Munster uh, Interpro yeah, Carberry well, versus Sexton potentially it, it could be Carberry versus Carney um <laughs> um, no, I, that, yeah. I really, but like, I mean, look, uh, I can't remember the guy's first name. It's the Haley, the guy from Mike. Sale, Mike Haley. He's a handy uh, player. Zebo's a, a, cla- a cra- like a, a really classy player. Oh, Z- um, no, he's not as good like as He's Zebo high or. risk at times, but he is like he's a, like he's what Joey could be for them. If not, like Joey might even be. I love the reaction that they started picking him at fifteen. Like, they well, would like Lancer <laughs> weren't picking him there either, so they can have no like the argument there is fairly defunct as far as I'm concerned I think um, in that yes he's in the succession planning but Joey needs to play now he needs to play now now their argument was going to be well look he was injured and this is why but let's face it Rob Carney came into some good form they like picking Rob there the team has a nice balance with him there defensively uh, oh, sorry in the air in the air defensively um, but they like Joey's not going to get picked off the back of that there's nowhere else to pick him bar 12 and you're not going to pick him ahead of uh, Easton Asiwa who was filling in there or Robbie Henshaw it's just not going to happen. Like those two guys, Robbie Henshaw is one of our best players and in, our, in an Ireland context. So um, it's a good move for Joey. Munster's a super club. They've got unbelievable support. Um, I think they've, they, they actually have made some really good, exciting acquisitions for next season. And if they get everyone fit. Funny they still had Zebo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they have Carberry now. <laughs> That's yeah, my point. Yeah. Like, um, I think like if you think of who's there, like fullback is there. Like if, if Haley works out to be a good signing, then great. If not, Joey will end up there because mm. they have Blaine Dell coming back you know and he, there's talk of him coming back I know it's a second surgery on his neck but it sounds like he got the right one mm. at the end like he's probably come to this situation yeah. like, you don't want to get this but now you have to get it I expect him to be back um, and then I think you know Munster looked like a really good outfit next season tight burn as well like what a signing so um, that pack's pretty pretty solid as it is well on that note we'll bring in the man that Joey Carberry could be replacing I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Rassic 92 star Simon Zebo. Simon does it really sunk in yet when, when you're introduced like that it's, yeah, that's the first time I think I've been introduced like that. I think it's a little bit strange, definitely. Um, I think it'll only properly start to, to kick in, I think, once I get, actually get over to Paris and, and, and try and settle in and, and meet all my new teammates and things like that. But I still probably consider myself a monster man, which is the, the strange thing. So, um, yeah, that definitely sounded a little bit weird, but uh, I'll have to get used to it, I suppose. And have you decided how you're going to kind of jump out of corridors in Paris and scare your teammates over there? Or will you be able to bring that over with you from Munster? 
Oh, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to organize a few hits. A new cartel, um, man, I'm, a new cartel. Yes, I know, I know what I'm going to do without Murr over there with regards to the cartel. But I'm thinking of just attacking them from the get-go before. I, I'd imagine I'm going to be in line for a few pranks or initiations and things like that. So I'm going to have to go out and get them, burn some laundry or fucking go straight after the big fellas from the first go. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, man, thanks a million for, for coming on the show. Uh, look, it's a really exciting move. And obviously... Paris, you know, your young family going over with you as well. Uh, like, it's a big move. Um, are you all prepped to go, or are you, are you heading off in your holidays there, or what's the story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually, as you can probably hear, uh, I'm about to go away on my holidays there tomorrow, just for a week. But I, um, I, am, I am prepared for it. I think as best I can, I've got all the, the little logistical things out of the way, and it's just kind of now around getting excited and getting prepared to, to put on a different jersey, which is a little bit strange, but... Um, the kids are at a great age as I said before you know to take them over where it's, it'll be water off the ducks back to them you know and mm. they already have French and Spanish so uh, it's um, yeah they, they, they should be uh, good which will make the transition easier for the, t- the two parents um, do you, have you made contact with any of your racing teammates obviously Dunnick Ryan you'll, you'll know him, you know him well but any of the, the French guys in the team obviously you speak the language so maybe, have you touched base with anyone yet? Yeah yeah I've chatted um, quite a lot with Teddy Thomas he'd be um I'd be in touch with him quite a lot. We'd be good friends. And um, uh, Yannick Nianga, I keep in touch with him. Um, and obviously, I have Casey Laulala over there. Um, Chris Massoy is always good. Uh, and you know you, you know people from playing against them over the years, as well as you know, Lukey, like Henry Chavancy, he's he's become like a little bit of a friend as well from, from playing against them so much. And you build these little friendships throughout rugby which is good so I actually know a lot of a lot of these wrestling boys quite well so it should make for an easy transition I hope mate I've no idea what you're talking about I always hated all the other guys I was playing against <laughs> <laughs> I just giving them high fives <laughs> picking them up off the floor and <laughs> man I just uh, honestly I just hit it really well uh, no but honestly yeah. it, it is great I mean and it's, it's the cool thing about like I mean it's I think a lot of people have the impression of kind of professional rugby guys that you know the friendships with other teams is kind of something that's kind of lost nowadays. Do you know the way you always mm. hear amateurs, mm. you know, saying? Well, I always remember my old man saying he's loads of contacts from when he was playing. I was like, oh, well, like yeah, be friendly enough with all the other guys, but I suppose you don't really do the meal thing afterwards. But I mean, I think having mm. the French was obviously a big advantage for you. It makes the move. I mean, I mean, Johnny said the hardest thing about you know going over and playing was actually the language barrier, especially at ten. So I mean, I I, I expect you to, to really hit the ground running there, and I presume you expect that of yourself as well. Hundred percent, yeah. It's it, it would be like for me. It should be like switching between teams in mm. in Ireland. You know, yeah. with regards to the language barrier, it shouldn't make any difference on on the way of playing. And um, you know, I've had my meetings with the with their coaching team and things like that. And um, yeah, it, it all went really well. You know, the the language definitely helps. Uh, I think Finn Russell could be in for a little bit of a laugh <laughs> when he goes over. Yeah. <laughs> that Glasgow accent. <laughs> I know. Yeah, geez, he'll be in for a horrible time. Uh, nah, he'll enjoy it. I am, but uh, yeah, it should it should definitely make for things to be easier. You know. Yeah. Uh, Little things like understanding calls and, and, and trying to understand what the other French yeah. boys are trying to do in any situation. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it should fit in well and my style of play wouldn't be uh, too, totally alien from the Racing 92 boys. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it all, it all uh, fits in well. Yeah, so I mean, you mentioned there like your, uh, your style of play, how you like to kind of play with a lot of flair and obviously Racing do as well. But uh, I guess watching a lot of top 14, there, there is a lot of arm wrestles there, you know, nine, six games that can be very, very tight. Like, what are you expecting, you know, from the, from st- the style of play to be when you get over there? Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm, 
I'm not a fool, you know. I know like the the style of rugby isn't, you know, similar to 10 or 15 years ago where you had Hame and Josie and all these guys and it was, you know, free running rugby every single week. That's that's just not the way it is now. The top 14 is built on a lot of size and um, just collision winning. But having said that, you know, there's no better no better place probably to, to try and express yourself um, because from what I've heard anyway, mistakes are mistakes, you know, they're, they're, they're not massively uh, going to kill you if you make an offload error or if you, you know, do a kick error or a pass error, you know, so uh, that's encouraging. So when there are those 9-6 log games and things like that, hopefully, you know, Teddy Thomas or, or myself or any of the squad members, you know, you have that license to go out and try something to win a game. So that's uh, very exciting. Uh, look, let's just just let's let's come back a little bit, uh, Simon, because obviously the, the move to Racing is obviously really topical and really interesting. But just a little bit about yourself. I mean, obviously I played with you and against you for for a few years, uh, and I, as you kind of touched on it there. You were saying about having that little bit of freedom, and it's always something that I really admired about you. You, you play with great freedom, and look, there's risk with that as well. But I mean, that that's something that I mean, did you develop that growing up in Con, or was it a thing you developed in Munster? I mean, uh, like, how do you feel? Like, what's what's kind of uh, I suppose spurred that on you what's giving you that confidence to keep playing that way or is it something that you've just kind of developed in Munster no I think I think yeah I, I, I would have it would have really kind of started when I started playing you know early doors in Corcan or in Prez mm. uh, my school uh, and it's just you know I think it's honed in like it's or it's embedded in my personality you know and that's just to back yourself at all costs no matter what or no matter who's telling you not to do something or no matter who's saying you can't do X, Y and Z you know I my my automatic response is just to always back myself. And, and I kind of developed as soon as I picked up a rugby ball, really, mm. because it's just me being me, and that's the way I play. So um, I just have done the best I can to not get distracted by outside influences or pressure or crowds and things and just keep playing the way I play. So definitely it started out quite young, and, and I've just had to make sure I just keep being myself, you know. So it's uh, tricky, yeah. You know, there's obviously... <laughs> it can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly tricky, uh, but <laughs> it is what it is. And, and um, yeah, I'm happy with where I am. And, and listen, who would you say... Um, I always find this a really interesting thing to ask other players. Who's been your most influential coach so far? Uh, or, or even player you know I always thought sometimes the players I mean Dougie Howlett was a guy I assumed was someone that you were just a sponge around but who's the most okay. influential coach um, yeah the most influential coach is a hard one because obviously I've had a good few uh, Tony McGahill the monster who gave mm. me my first chance initially was was quite big you know because I was trying to make the transition from club rugby to, to provincial and you know he, he was a great help uh, along with Jason Holland and and then I think uh, Rob Penny had a massive massive impact on me mm. um you know, he, he was such a, a positive character and, you know, always encouraged to just express yourself massively, massively, even overly positive at times. But he, he would have been he would have been right at the top of the list. And obviously our, our latest two, um, um, Jacques and Razzie, who are just world class operators. And mm. um, I think, yeah, I think... Uh, and, and here, how's, how's Felix getting on? I mean, I mean, I've only heard good things about him. He's obviously, like, I mean, we're really interested in him here because he's obviously an up-and-coming Irish coach. Uh, mm. But I mean, how, how have you got on with Felix? I mean, he looks like he's really had a big influence on a lot of the young guys coming up. And obviously, I mean, how have you found him yourself as one of the more experienced guys to work with? Oh, yeah, he's been, he's been excellent. He's been very good. Felix has a great rugby head on his shoulders and... and um, he 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 knows he never asks something of a player that he he hasn't done himself or he wouldn't do himself, you know. So he's um, 
he, he's great on that front and he has no issue calling out lads he's, he's played with or played against who have come to the club or whatever. He, he's, um, he's really uh, soaked everything in he's learnt over the years and, and he's forming into a really good coach and I'm really happy for him. Hmm. Uh, just, I guess, on some of the other coaches you've had, Simon, you, you did mention Joe Schmidt there. And just from the outside, and this might be completely off base, but I got the sense that, you know, given that you love to play with, I guess, a bit of freedom and with a bit of flair and looking for offloads, that you maybe didn't enjoy the, the kind of the very structured style that Joe likes to bring to the Ireland team. Like, what was your experience like in that regard? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a tricky one as well, you know, it was... Um, I, I enjoyed every single opportunity I got to put on the green jersey. It was, it was always special and always will be. And um, it's a dream I, I, I don't intend on giving up on just yet. But um, yeah, it would have been, I'd have, you know, as any player, I think, when when you're dealing with coaches, you know, I could talk to five different players about Razzie and Jack and I could get five different answers or it could be the same in Irish camp with Joe or, you know, it's just everybody has different relationships and, um, you know, um, rugby-wise, I probably um, would have liked to have played a bit more during uh, my time in Irish camp with Joe, but that's just the way it is and, um yeah, I don't know. How to <laughs> you don't know how to get your way out of that one. Uh, that's yeah. fine. I'll save you. Uh, listen, I, I, what do you think? Like, I mean, was this year really difficult to watch the guys go on and be successful, especially considering, uh, you know, the fact that you you would have been starting. Uh, you were playing really good rugby. You were playing brilliant rugby last season for them, uh, and you were a big part of, of of what made the team tick going forward and attack, especially. Uh, was it a difficult one for you to watch? Thanks for the compliment, Luke. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it was difficult to watch. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's um, never easy watching your teammates be successful or as successful as the lads have been. You know, they've had a great year and, and um, I'm delighted for them, you know, because uh, there's not a player up there I don't get on with. It's just uh, obviously, you know, being as um, ambitious as, as, you know, as international teams individual players there you know I'd obviously be ambitious enough to have wanted to play it and that's the only uh, downfall in that uh, happiness I have for the team Is there was there any option of maybe doing a deal to play in Ireland up till the World Cup and then possibly go to France afterwards because I guess once this move was announced it, it looks increasingly likely that you will miss out no matter how well you're playing mm. Yeah um, no I, I, I don't think that was an option really I think um I uh, I was mulling over my decision for for years to be honest and I kept signing and and um you know not backing myself early on because I obviously wanted to to play for Munster and Ireland as much as possible and and things like that but when, when the opportunity came up and my kids were at the age that they were and um you know I wasn't going to put my life on hold for the World Cup when I've got two young kids and a and a partner to look after so um uh, playing in the World Cup is obviously a massive, massive goal for me, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to, um, to be there and, and and help Ireland achieve something. But I wasn't going to, you know, put my life on hold again just to um, to achieve that. And especially if I hadn't played in the World Cup before, maybe it might have been different. Or you know, if, you know, there's probably a few variables around that. But um, no, this was um, a life decision, a family decision, a rugby decision, all kind of built into one. And I, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And listen, I mean, I presume living in a different city or something. I know you probably were you were pretty close to signing for Toulouse in. Uh, I'm going to say, was it about 2014? Was it 2015? Mm. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was that a big driver? Now you said, obviously, just from a life perspective. Um, but I presume living in Paris is something that you know, and in France with the. I mean, everyone in your family bar. I know. Does Elvira? She's probably probably speaks a bit of French at this stage as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I presume it's going to be for you guys a more like an easier transition um, to to go over to somewhere. And of course, Paris is still close to all your family as well. So, mm. uh, is that does that play a part? In it? Did you want to try at a different city? Um, I think most people our age usually do at some stage, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to to try something, to try something different. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's ideal that Paris is so close to Cork. Um, and there's direct flights every day of the week. All these little things make mm. a difference. And, and the fact that um, my, my missus speaks three different languages, my kids are on the road to that track as well. And, mm. and Paris is such a, a class city and one of my favorite places in the world. And I have family over there. And um, mm. my dad lived there for 15 odd years, you know. So I have a lot of reasons um, why, why this deal went through. And um, I, I'm very happy with it. I'm lucky, you know, because Racing are such a, a classy club and an ambitious club, and they want to win trophies. And you know, they were they were just a kick away from winning Champions Cup final. So I'll have to get them that three points next year. Yeah. <laughs> and when you reflect, I guess, on, on your Munster career to date, does it kind of leave you very disappointed that you are leaving? Having I don't think you were part of the the team that won the league in 2011, so you're leaving having not really won anything with with Munster, despite having had a lot of great days out. There's the trophy cabinet is still empty. I've, that was that would be a, um, a big factor, in, you know, in, in me potentially coming back. Is that my trophy cabinet is empty, and it's um, it's a shame, really, because that's probably the, the one thing I wanted to do most through my rugby career was win a trophy with Munster. Having grown up watching '06 and '08, and, and being a part of Munster during that time, you know, living in Munster at that time, so um, it was just incredible. And um, yeah, that's a big regret I have. If um, if I don't ever win a trophy in Munster, that would be my biggest rugby regret. Yeah, so and so annoying. and so when you look at um, you know the, the the two guys, I think that well, obviously there's three guys in Haley, Mike Haley, but I mean Joey Carberry's come down now, and Tyke Byrne, who I just thought was, and you probably played against him a few times mm. this year as well. Like he was one of the outstanding players. I think he was the the player of the year in the league. Um, yeah. And geez, I mean, like what a player! And even in the big Champions Cup games for for Scarlets, he was unbelievable. I mean, is there is there a party of thinking? Uh, you know, would have been nice to have a have a shot with those guys because I think it really improves Munster straight away. Obviously, with the the caveat of you obviously leaving, um, which is which you know weakens them slightly. I actually think Joey might end up going at fifteen. We had a little conversation before you came on. Mm. It's the cynical side of me. You'll see. You'll you'll know the cynical side of rugby <laughs> as well from being in in the inner circle. But absolutely. Um, look, I mean, they're obviously two guys who really strengthened the the, the Munster team going forward. Yet, is there parties saying, "Oh, I wish I just one more year to to play with those guys." Yeah, that, yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to play it with them, um, but uh, that's just that's just the way it goes. I think that no matter no matter when I decided to do it, there always would have been something that yeah. would say, "Oh, wouldn't it have been nice to do this?" Or "Wouldn't it have been nice to have gotten this fixture?" Or you know, there's mm-hmm. always some things. But um, you know, you never know down the line; they might still be there if I, if I came back. But um, yeah, I think I think they're really really exciting players. They've hugely bumped up the the monster squad. And um, yeah, I think those three signings alone, they could be um, title contenders for Europe properly, you know, without just being a semi-final team each year, um, which is where we've kind of fallen. Um, so to get us over the line, we need to, to buy some 
couple of world-class players and I think we've done that which is really good and, and exciting for Munster and Racing and Munster Simon have had a habit of meeting over the last <laughs> couple of seasons like what would it mean for you to run back out at Tomlin Park but playing in the OA dressing room it would be weird it would be very <laughs> very weird it would be so strange because um, I'd, I'd probably have to pull a sickie to be honest like, I'd have to do something to get out of it <laughs> there's no way I'd go play against Munster I swear to God I feel something coming on <laughs> nine months in advance lad. Well, the, um, the big that, question that, is, how would you celebrate if you scored a try? Okay, yeah. Oh, pretty sure you can't do it now that you've said it on air, man. Tight hammy, go to tight hammy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, yeah. It actually, man, it's some experience in the other dressing room. Like, I mean, people, it's it's so funny. Like, you just don't get to see these things. It's like the you know Murrayfield. You obviously know Murrayfield away. They, it, mm. Munster's dressing room is the same. They put this big pole in the middle, like a giant <laughs> pillar in the middle of the change room, and it's like apparently, yeah. like in Murrayfield, they did it because. Jim Telfer it's like a psychological thing so you can't see any of your teammates and if things are going wrong you're like oh my god I'm on my own in this cauldron <laughs> once you do the exact same thing like you have, to be honest with you mate you have to go in and try it out it's a good crack <laughs> <laughs> and like for some reason whenever Leinster go down I don't know if it's like that when Rassing there but all the jacks have just been hosed down <laughs> no <laughs> <So> way yeah. <laughs> all the tricks scary. of the trade like <laughs> brilliant brilliant well look what's your memories of co- you know competing with Simon obviously you would have been going for the same position Mm. at Ireland level you would have been playing against them for Leinster and Munster games like how did you find that experience yeah I mean look he's, it's, he, he can, I can say it now I'm out of the game I would never have given you a compliment I wouldn't dream <laughs> of giving you a compliment if we were playing against each other but uh, look a really really smooth player uh, you know lovely skills uh, you know great kicker of the ball lovely handling skills um, and I thought like a really nice kind of it reminded me of, of a guy I used to play with for years and years a fellow called Niall Morris just a real glider and he could just catch you off one little goose step and um, and could really catch you off balance and uh, a really exciting player great to play with I always felt I always liked playing with a guy a fullback who was able to kind of get you the ball and, and put you in space and put other defenders under pressure around you it made it really easy for you to get involved and to you know run nice lines off him and um yeah, as you as you can imagine, like obviously a really natural player. I mean, everyone knows that. Um, and 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 actually, I always thought you had a great feel for the game. You know, um, and I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm really excited to see you going over to Racing. I think, uh, like you said, I think it's a, it's a club that'll suit you. I think the mindset. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the things that you've learned here, I think that have really helped bring you on as a player. Uh, and I know Joe Schmidt would have been tough for you to to play in. I found him tough at times as well because, uh, you know, I like to be a bit freer with the ball. But I think mm. the things that you've learned under him, while it was tough, I think they'll really stand to you going forward. And I think it, you know, bringing a little bit of what you learn with him along with the natural flair. I think that's when you're at your best. Um, and that's when you're playing your best rugby and I think um, I'm really excited to see the, the impact you'll have over there I don't know about I don't know about you Will what do you uh, do you think I'm right you, you're, 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 a fa- you're, a, you're a fan as well <laughs> I'm not talking to you Zeeves I'm talking to Will here well, Will. I'm not just going to repeat what you said <laughs> yeah. well Simon I don't yeah, know Zeeves is a legend he's a legend he's a pretty good player I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm, see, I'm always trying to get Will more involved he's, he's all these cynical views and all that that he just never shows on air but no seriously look it, I mean that would be my view on Simon I think it would be a view shared by lots of players um, all around you see the impact he can have on a game you know one moment of brilliance and I think you probably saw that the, the chip over the top this year and the long like the 20, 20 foot pass kind of went unnoticed uh, I think I don't know who was 
was against Gla- was it Glasgow was it um the little ship yeah. over the top uh, yeah Edinburgh Edinburgh, Edinburgh yeah, excuse sorry. me sorry I mean they're they're the moments that stick out for me I mean obviously you've a real nose for a try along with kind of Keith Earls the two guys that really stand out from from that perspective um in in I suppose an Irish provincial jersey and an Irish jersey so uh yeah look a really exciting well, player. Simon just to pick up on one of the points that Luke made there uh, what what kind of stuff did Joe Schmidt want to kind of uh, change with your game or get you to work on uh, to make you maybe a more rounded player um, there was there was loads of things really. Like, <laughs> he has a never ending book of how to make players better. You know, there's always things he can. Uh, I, I can I can on. attest it is. You're he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, um, I I suppose a big one probably again um, high ball. You know, he wanted me to be dominant in the air and and physical on the ground and uh, good at my clear outs and and things like that. Um, and um, yeah, I think that was, like those kind of things he was he was really big on, and um, uh, along with all of my other coaches. But it's just when you go up to Irish camp, they probably get um, blown up a little bit bigger, obviously, because it's international rugby and it's a mm. step up. So um, coaches have to be like that a little bit. I, I understand. So um, yeah, Joe's book of. Uh, <laughs> Book of critiques and everything is uh, is a never-ending one. It's a I, big book. Did you want to leave the rook in the Peter O'Mahony or <laughs> we yeah, all did? Yeah, generally, yeah, yeah. I, I, I said some of the boys used to give me grip, uh, grief about it. You know, if I hit a, a sloppy clean out or something like that's their job to do that. You <laughs> do the cleaning out. <laughs> I have to look pretty after rugby. He doesn't need his ears to look nice and all these things, you know. So. That's what I've been saying to the lads. So, uh, yeah, if you want a three-on-two rip pass to the edge, I'm your man. If you want to clean up, look to the blind side. Leave it, leave it to O'Mahony, the skull. Exactly. <laughs> I guess at this stage, you're fairly well into your rugby career, like going into Paris now. What what kind of things do you, are you going to look at for this pre-season to kick on now that you're going to a new team? Yeah, I'd probably just to, to fit in as soon as possible and, and, and uh, you know, get the, the first day of school over with again when you go and meet all your new friends. Um, but yeah, once once I once I get into training and get to know the the team pattern and the shape and how they play and what players like to do what, so I, I think it's just about forming relationships as soon as I get over and training real hard. And I think um, you know the rugby should follow suit. So well, um, I, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to scare you or put any negative thoughts in your head. But is there any worry that you know it might be a a bit like when Johnny Sexton went over and you know things didn't quite go as well for him? I know it was a baby a language issue too. But from a rugby perspective, we we think of Johnny as probably the best player in Ireland but even for someone of his calibre he, he did struggle slightly over there is there any worries that it mightn't actually go very well and you might look back on it thinking oh perhaps I, I should have maybe made a different call no no not at all um, I'd be very very confident that, the, that I'll be playing really well over there and just continue what I do year on year here and that's just to get my hands on the ball and, and do what I do best that's a lot different from Danny is the uh, who has to control a plaque in a different language control a back line uh, you know, call phase, play moves, you know, uh, run me things, you know, it's it's way different experience for him and all those stresses would get to you come game time when you're trying to let the hair down and just play. So I think um, positionally will help me and uh, language barrier will help me. And yeah, that's it. Once I, um, when I'm on the pitch, then hopefully uh, I should be good. So. And do you think, I mean, I mean, we, we, we kind of touched on earlier on, but do you think, I mean, given all the factors at the moment, like in terms of, you know, like the RFU have been very clear about they're not going to pick guys who aren't playing. 
I, I think they've made an exception before with Johnny, uh, and mm. I think it's probably unfair to, to really do that to everyone else, uh, given that the policy was there before he went anyway. Do you feel like this place gives you an opportunity to, I suppose, flourish, get the best out of yourself, and, and play better than you were before and possibly put yourself back in the frame? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I think um, if, if they're willing to do it for Johnny, why not uh, another player? So um, it, it's, um, it's uh, the, the, the hope or... Yeah, the hope I have of playing in the World Cup or, or something shouldn't be completely dead. Like, I know it's probably there's uh, a tiny little match burning that uh, that's probably the chance I have of going. But, you know, it's it's a dream I still hold on to. And yeah. hopefully if I play out of my skin and adapt to this new side of rugby and hit the ground running, then I'll give myself every chance. So Have you talked, um, have you talked to Joe at all about, uh, you know, international prospects since you've announced your move? Uh, no, no, I haven't talked to Joe now in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you didn't meet up for a coffee or? <laughs> yeah, that's, the match sounds no, no. pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, well, well, look, I mean, it, it is, I mean, as you say, and I'm, I'm really, I'm actually delighted to hear you say that the other stuff, because I know, like, Will, like I said, we just saw a little bit of the cynical side in Will uh, there when he was asking about the, the negative thoughts coming into your mind. <laughs> but I'm, re- I'm, I'm I, like, you're so right. I think the, the, it is going to be a different experience for you. I'm not surprised to hear you say that. And um, I'm delighted. I mean, just from the coaching staff over there, I've heard, like, lots of different things. What was your sense of them? Do you think they'll be able to bring out the best in you over there? Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. They said the coaching is kind of a little bit different over there, a bit more... Um, like yeah, a bit, a bit more laissez-faire, if, if, for, for want of a better word. I mean, do you think they'll be able to bring out the best in you? I hope so, yeah. Um, but in fairness to the club, I think, like, having said it to the coaches, the coaches are, are real real ambitious and things like that. And they are a bit laissez-faire, I think, with the offloads, etc., and things which benefits the team and the style of play they want to play. But I think the, the club is really uh, player-driven as well. And there's a lot of internationals and enough leadership in, the, in their squad to, to be able to, um, you know, stem out any, uh, any, you know, any bad roots or something or, you know, slappiness, I think, to that extent. You don't come within three points of Leinster in the European final and um, semi-finals rugby in top 14 if you're not... Uh, a, a, a well diverse team in terms of offloading and knowing when to hold on to it, you know. So I think that's real player driven as well, and um, I think I learn a lot off the new style of coaches and. Uh the uh, quality of player they have in their squad. Well, it's going to be funny watching a team, Simon, where, you know, you and Teddy Tama, and you're probably the more reserved player of the two, you know, it doesn't nothing happen. <laughs> Never thought we'd say that. That's what scares me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon, on that note, we'll let you go, catch your flight. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Listen, man, thanks a million for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with the move. We'll definitely be in touch throughout the year to see how you're getting on. And uh, look, best of luck to the family as well. Hope they all enjoy the trip over, right? Thanks a million, Lukey. Really appreciate it. Not at all, man. Cheers, bye. That's all we have time for on the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with another great podcast. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the left wing with Luke Fitzgerald.